in your dressing room. You seem to exude confidence. You believed in yourself coming back over here. Oh, most definitely. There's one thing uh, that's never been lacking for me is my confidence in myself. Uh, I'd be allowed to say I didn't have butterflies. You know, David scares the hell out of me. Big, strong, athletic guy. Well, uh, Olympic pedigree. I mean, just a good, strong boss. He scared the hell out of me. But it brought the fucking best out of me. Can you say fucking one? Not really, but don't no, 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 no. no. I would love to fight Tyson Fury over here or in Vegas or anywhere that big pussy wants to fight. He's been mouthing off about me, my age, whatever. Tyson Fury, let's get it on, man. Or if I can't get him in the ring because I know he's going to run. Finally, in your dressing room before the fight, I think you had a bit of Lionel Richie. E easy like Sunday morning. What, like Sunday what's going to be the soundtrack for Saturday night for Tony Thompson? Hey, man, I'm going to go home and break my wife's hip. I ain't had sex with her in a while. She's going to feel the pain. And the pleasure. I mean, oh, it's going to be some pleasure mixed in there. But she might be crippled in the morning. So um, if anybody out there want to donate a wheelchair to the right. Save the Miss Thompsons. Okay. All right, she'll fun. be. <laughs> Listen, well done. Congratulations. In Ah, oh, boys, we're back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. What's happening? What's going on, man? Me? I've, I, I feel like, like I say men, but I, I said I, man. No, I <laughs> personally, uh, I feel like I've lived with you guys for like the last three days. I know. Tell uh, me about it. You guys have been putting up with my Pretty much have. Yeah. We've had a cool three days. Uh, today was, uh, for me and Chad, was the best uh, of the three days. We actually got to go do some fishing, and you too. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but this podcast is brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Find them at PredatorFlyGear.com. Also go check out some A-Rex hooks. We put some, th some of them to the test today, man. Mm -hmm. Ooh mm -hmm. Go check them out at A-Rexhooks.com. Yep. Slap on some uh, offshore genetics on your A-Rex hooks. Check them out at UrbanFlyCo.com. Sims Fishing. Find them at SimsFishing.com. And why not fishing? Go check out the, uh, the app The Dock. Yeti, built for the wild. And tonight's guest, Russell Penderson. Man, this is good music. I could get down with this all night. Man, he could play the banjo like a madman. He uh, yeah, he has stuff. a new 
He has a new uh, album out. It's called Steel uh, Steel from the Rushes. Get it anywhere uh, music sold. I can cool. dig some blue. We were listening to it on the way to fishing this morning. Oops. I, I can dig it. You know, it's nice and relaxing. It's not overbearing or anything. I'm not, you know, like I don't go out and seek this, you know, th- this style of music so much for myself. But, you know, it's I like it. I can dig it. I had to turn it off. It was just too early for music. I had to have something to make me laugh. <laughs> Chad loves listening to talk radio anyway. I mean, yeah. probably rather listen to any kind of talk radio than music. But, but don't get me wrong. I love some music. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is right on there though. I like it. So Mark, was it a bit? Give us a give us a little rundown of what you did today. Hmm. Please go in depth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I only had like about two hours to kill this morning. Three hours because I had to leave to go to Clarion for uh, my daughter's soccer game. So we went down the local river, and it was one of them kind of what black eerie mornings and fog everywhere yeah it was it was how was your ride this morning foggy long i (laughs) bet it definitely tacked some time on yeah once you dropped down to the water it was kind of one of them like the water was black and you could barely even see the wall looking up to it it was just complete hazed over we started on the left end and kind of started working our way across and by the time we got to the middle there was only one other guy fishing, and there was just a gear guy fishing bait. So I was getting close enough to him. I was kind of casting up at an angle and seeing where his line was. So I was casting just a couple foot ahead of him, and I would work around him. And sure enough, it's just like second, third strip in. I was throwing about a 14-inch double. It just stops. And right when I went to hit it one more time, it just starts head shaking. And I got the 12-weight with me, and this fish is out. Fairly decent ways, because you can't really throw too far there. And was by it the past way, the drop-off? Stripping basket, no. Nah, makes no difference. No. Can't even, can't get, even get it to Still hit Still paying it. the butt? Yeah. So you can only throw so far. No, it wasn't past the... It wasn't past the break? No, it wasn't past the break. Okay. No, it was in front of the break. Probably right at it, but a few feet in front of it. Okay. And, and it hooked up, and I got both hands on the rod and just started pulling on the fish and thinking, all right, he's going to start coming up or he's going to try to jump, try to do something. And it just kept head shaking harder and then it move a few feet and just keep head shaking. In a solid 15 to 20 second range, I'm holding the fish. And at this point, I called over my buddy. I was like, Mike, come here. I got a couple strips right down to the water on him. And I took one foot, put it in front of me, and kind of turned to the side. And at that point, the fish started to like move a little bit. Went to come up to the top, and just as soon as it hit the top of the water, hook comes out. I had so much pressure pulling on this fish. How I didn't break, I figured, like I was telling you earlier, I was running a 20-pound break point because you snag a lot. I thought for sure that line was going to break because it just wasn't going. So I just kept pulling harder and harder. And with a 12 to pretty much feel it in the cork, like, there's no way this line's not going to break, but this fish just won't stop. It's just, like, pumping, and just, that thing pops out of that stinking fish, and don't I, like, rip sideways, pull a muscle in my back. So now I'm just standing there, hunched over in the water, like, about to cry, because I was like, whatever that fish was. Hands down, I've never felt that much weight on a rod, and my back hurts so bad right now. It's literally breaking tears to my eyes. So it's like... So uh, were you and Michael ready to get out of the water then? Like, oh, I whatever that was, I don't want to be in the water with it. He's going, <laughs> get it back in there, get it back in there. I'm like, A, it's not coming back. That fish was hooked for a solid 
20 to 20, third, third 25 seconds. And I can't move. I can't feel my arm right now. <laughs> I staggered back because I was just a little bit above like knee height there. And when that thing came loose, I about fell right back on my back. Jay, you're lucky you got a good day of work out of him yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> good. We, oh, we got them all in, too. But that was one of them ones that just... Uh, now you got to go back. I can't stop thinking about it because it was just so much just weight there. And it just could barely pull on it. Uh, some of the biggest fish I've ever seen. You know, muskies I've seen there... Just I mean, visually from standing on the sides, you could see them if you go down into the corners on seven mm-hmm. gates when it's real, real high. I mean, you could see them get pushed pushed up to the top, and I mean, they're 50, 55s, whatever's big, big, big fish. Mm-hmm. That was early. That probably wasn't much, but 10 after 7.15, something like that. I had one, my little cousin, I was telling you yet the other night, mm-hmm. uh, my little cousin was, uh, Joey was with us. He was just gear fishing, you know, at the, at, toward it. And just a, a large uh, just trout spinner, you know, inline trout spinner, monster, monster muskie came up and just ate the thing, snapped, and the line was gone immediately, you know, bit off. I mean, right in front of us. It had to be, mm-hmm. I mean, sitting across the table, it felt like it was at Chad. And, I mean, it woke me up because I was, you know, maybe 10 feet from him. Wow. The splash and to see the fish and everything, I'm like, oh, you know, you're like, oh, my God, there, there are big ones in there. There's some giants. I even said, man, I've caught a few really nice sized pike, upper 30 pike in there too. Mm-hmm. And it could have been, I mean, I don't think pulling like that, probably not. But they were usually a little bit quicker, you know. <clears throat> they'll, they'll, head pu- they'll head shake you, but they'll take off a little bit and get some speed to them. And this didn't move but a total of 8 to 10 foot over that period of time. You caught a leatherback turtle. Oh, I've caught them before in there. Mm-hmm. Quite a few. Them suckers, they are. There's, that's like lifting a rock. Uh-huh. And it'll go up and go boom. <laughs> right <laughs> back down like, to the ground. What the hell was that? And then it'll go up. It was like boom. Yeah, I caught one. It was like a manhole cover there. And it ate this. That was back in the day with cut bait. Oh, it, it swallowed it deep. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I remember, yeah, them things are. I remember trout fishing there one day, wet wading. And one floated down past me. <laughs> it scared the poop out of me. I bet. But things are big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, even like, maybe it was a 75-pound sheephead. Or not sheephead, uh, quillback. <laughs> so, after that, not but, no, no, know what, hour or so later, guy comes down to the edge of the wall. Hey, got to go. We're raising the rest of them. That's okay. going to be weird because you can't hear crap there as it is. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling. He's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And I give him the thumbs up. He's, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, what? And after like, Kate take a couple more steps, finally it's like, oh, raising the gates. Got it. <laughs> this it, guy that's beside this, me 65. What do you say? They're going to raise the gates. You're going to float away. Come on. <laughs> I've been fishing here for 45 years. This has never happened before. Oh, well, today's your lucky day, and it's not mine either, so let's go. <laughs> we weren't there when they did it, but we were on the river yeah. a different time when they did yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't pump it too much. It went from mid-500s to just over 1,000. So standing right there, no, you wouldn't want to be there. Rowing-wise, we still would have at least been safe, but it would have been like last time. Them fish would just want to shut right back down again. Do, do they sound a whistle or anything? Yeah, they do. They put an alarm off, yeah. Yep. 
Yep. I've been there when the, I've been there when the alarm went off before trout yeah. fishing so in the spring. What you said earlier about uh, we didn't really touch on much about them putting fish back in there. Is that a pretty reliable source? Uh, Jace. Huh. I don't know well. where he heard it from, but I don't know if it was at Dick's or wherever. This is I. He talked about it the other day because he he was also the person that told me about the other section of it. Yeah. They're well, the funny thing in is, 2020, is they're right. in there cleaning everything up, planting trees and everything. That's nice. Yeah, and right after that, uh, today we went, I was telling you, I was talking with him, um, the guy at the uh, the next spot. Yeah. And that's one thing we touched on was what what's going to happen in that river if they don't start stocking it back again? What do we you know if them shad go and take off and then wipers aren't in there? But it was interesting sitting there with him as much as you're not a fan. <laughs> that water was just massive chocolate milk. And I was just, we're you know, small talking, it's Michael's fishing, there's no room for me to fish. I was like, you fish, I'm just going to sit here, I just bought a coffee too, and it's yeah. perfect. Perfect. You let your back I'm, rest? Yeah, I'm like, my arm's killing me, everything hurts, you're good. And he's, so we're talking, and I'm like, asking him about, you know, rip across her fast, we'll have you, he's like, no, he goes, what you going to figure? And he starts explaining as to where and how to fish it, and he's like, and even, he goes, with this type of gear and everything I have. He goes, a lot of the times, he goes, you can't keep it in that strike zone long enough for him. He goes, I know right where there are. He goes, you can't keep it down there long enough. He goes, you may pick off a stray one here, pick off a stray one there. He goes, but if you consistently can hit that and know right where that groove is in there and where them bait are going to be and where they're going to funnel, he goes, no matter how flooded out it is, there always will be that spot in there. If you can figure it out and keep that bait in it long enough, he goes, they'll hit almost every time it's there. He goes, but the tough part is you just can't keep it there long enough for them to actively get it. He goes, some of them by the time he goes, they hit it, there's so much slack in my line because I can even barely feel them hitting it. Yeah. That's why the other spot, I like it because you can see them hit it. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, they were definitely in there, though. I looked over and it was good low 20s fish sitting right up against the edge of the bank. So they're coming up and you can actually see them. This like one was hanging just up. working itself around that left side because you got to stand sit up on top of that, yeah, um, brick wall. And it doesn't matter what time of year if they get if they feel that you know if that water's pushing in they'll they'll run to that for sure at all times of year it seems like. Yep. Like even you said, Chad, you're you know they raised and you said the gates came up that you know that water coming into another area gives it kind mm-hmm. of even a better opportunity. And the funny thing is, is he's sitting there and he goes, "Yep." Raised the gates, didn't they? He goes, all the waiter guys are now showing up. <laughs> he goes, that means he goes about, those kids keep sucking the water out of here. And it does. He goes, it makes a big difference when they do that. So that'll go down? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's what's going into the lake, and as that goes down, it'll just pull that water right with it then. Huh, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one in the upper. That's where you look. And the upper yesterday was big, and it went down quick. It went from... Three to twenty seven hundred two days went right back down to three hundred. Huh. So all that went from there into the lake. And that lake just turned to chocolate milk, so jumped the gates, cleaned the water off. Yeah. I don't think we've got rain coming for another week now, finally. I don't know. I haven't looked at it forever. Yeah, I I don't look at it it depresses me. Yeah. <laughs> I asked Chad today, I was like, so, you know, are we going to get any more water? Because I was asking him about yeah. that. I was going to say, you guys day. needed water today, didn't you? You could have used little. some. But even, I was just asking him about, because we were talking about floating there next week, you know. 
And I was asking him, like, man, if we get more water, that's going to suck. But I, he, I was like, hey, did you uh, you know what the weather is? Or you know what this might be? Yeah. I, I got a bunch of, no, no, no. I'm like, fuck, what, what good are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> he asked me, like, five questions in a row. My only answer was, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I didn't even bring it up. No negatives, no negatories, no, just nada. Just nope. nope. So. Uh. Jay and I, we did a little something something today. <clears throat> we yes, went for a we went for a trout float, and that's two two Sundays in a row for me doing trout trout weenie things. Mm. But with the amount of fish we caught today, I will continue to do this and have a smile on my face. Yeah, it was fun. We, we did. We had fun. endorsed here before too long. Yeah. Hey. Uh it was fun. We had a good uh, time. They stray man. away from folks like us. Yeah. We don't drink for beer or what? Uh. We stopped on the way up, you know. Well, Chad, first thing, Chad, I had to buy a modium on the way up. Well, Chad gets in my house and he's like, "Can he can't? He was actually early. He said he had been up since four o'clock in the morning, shitting his brains out. So that's always fun. Apparently, go ahead, Chad. Oh, I was. Yeah. Would you like me to elaborate more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want you to elaborate on the whole morning. Just it over to him right at that Come point. Come on, man. Great. Chad, yeah, I wasn't living it, so I don't know. He could explain it better, I'm sure. Oh, I sat there for half an hour, and I definitely lost half a pound of liquid out of my body. So then I was like, well, it's 4.30 now. I don't have to be at your house till 5.30. I was like, uh, might as well get a shower. Showers are great. So I got a shower, hopped out of the shower, threw up. God, this is not a good morning. <laughs> and then, uh, got to your house. You looked like shit when you got to my house. Because I felt like shit. I felt like shit until about 1 o'clock today, man. <laughs> that makes the uh, the liquor feel better now. <laughs> I'm drowning the bugs. <laughs> so, we get the boat all loaded up. PJ got there. We're like, we have to stop at Sheets. Yeah, Chad's like, I, I, I'm not going to barely make it two sheets. Well, halfway there, I was like, I, I'm having <laughs> issues. Jay, we have to go faster. It's foggy as shit, so. Yeah, so I, I still put the pedal down, and it was a photo finish. <laughs> if if someone would have been in that bathroom, I would have had to use the ladies' room. I swear, dude. It, if, was... it felt like PJ and I sat in the aisle in sheets for 15 minutes, dude. I swear to God. I And I look over, he looks over at me, he's like, Where's Chad? Is he still in there? <laughs> I'm like, I don't have no idea, man. By this time, I already ate my sub at 5 in the morning. I don't know why I got a sub, but man, it sounded good. The other half of it was great for lunch. But, yeah, you, oh, poor you this morning. But we, you know, got our sheets, got our stuff ready, got over. Speaking of sheets, so from sheets, I bought six hot dogs and a thing of Wisconsin cheddar, for, cheddar bits and a bottle of Imodium. I said, I told Leia to check. I was like, don't look at my receipt and then ask why I need the Imodium. Please don't. <laughs> She's like, wait, oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, because all that stuff that you, yeah, you threw in there is going to... Yeah, oh, it definitely settle the stomach down. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, hot. Bubble, bubble. But uh, on the way up there, man, we saw two shooter box. One, one was a lot bigger than the other. But he listens well. I know. Shut it off. Very professional, Jason. Very professional. (laughs) But two shooter bucks. I think we saw 10 deer or something on the way up there. Nice. We're like, man, 
I think fish are going to be moving, brother. And they were. Um, we didn't have anything right off the bat, did we? It took no. a little bit. Once the sun started coming up and burning a little bit of fog off, that's when we started seeing fish. Yeah, first thing in the morning, though, we got down through even a few good sections of water that we, you know, we usually see a lot of fish in. And no, we didn't move a thing. And it had to be crisp this morning, that water. It was, yeah, it was cold. The air was chilly. It was 52. And, you know, we're dressed for the daytime. So long sleeve shirts and like shorts and stuff and flip flops. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, flip flops are not proper float attire for there. Not so much for uh, in the boat, but picking the boat up, moving the boat, getting out and wading through the creek. Flip flops are not proper wading yeah, attire. <laughs> Jay and I both did it. Yeah, I didn't know how much we were going to have to get out, and I forgot my wading shoes. So, yeah, we got halfway there. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it probably was the flip-flops. If It's up higher, you know what I mean? You don't have to get out as much, so you can get away with the flip-flops until the end, and then just put your shoes on and do whatever you got to do. But, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good point. You guys were getting out and moving a lot. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like grease bowling balls in that place, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's just a simple <laughs> easy weight either. It's. I got it a couple times just playing barefoot. <laughs> it was probably easier. Some of the times it was. Until I stepped on like a little bowling ball. <laughs> and that hurt. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what I ended up... Was that smallmouth the first fish or the brown trout? I don't remember. I think it was the smallmouth. The smallmouth, I was like, oh, yeah, man, this is cool. First small. Yeah, because it was on a... Christofferson's changer. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I promptly took it off after I caught that fish. And I put on a, a Sweetwater, the Dom Tide, uh, Streamer King flies. My goodness. It was hard keeping that fly away from fish. And it caught everything. It caught smallmouth, brown trout, rainbow trout. Uh, that was it. Yeah. But it, yeah, everything and, that was out there. And for both Jay and myself, after... I started putting a whacking on them. We would switch and, Jay, you just want to use my rod? Hey, yep. Hey, fly high. Right, keep it going. Yep. And then uh, I know this morning I... my old all gold, man. All oh, gold. All that flash yeah. that low water, though, yep. like that. That sun, yep. Beginning of the day, I was running a, a sink tip on the end of my, my sinking line. I took a, my old musky line. And just cut like a six foot chunk of it off, made that into a sink tip. Mm-hmm. Worked perfect. Yeah. But with as low as it was, too much. It was too much. Was too much. On, on a <clears throat> high water day, though, it would have been perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it definitely helps load that rod a little bit more since it's uh, been shortened and stiffened. It's been compromised. It'd be good for winter when it's real, when moving. Yeah. That'll help get you down there. Exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. And then, uh, Speaking of compromised rods, Jay, huh. wh- what'd you do? <laughs> so what'd you do? I, I hooked I hooked what I thought was a giant. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, dude, it's got to be a good one. It's, you know. Get the net. Get the net. This this stick is, you know, a decent sized stick, and it's moving its way across the, uh, you know, giving me some head shakes, you know. It was head shaking the shit out of me. Well, you know, me being dumb me, I just, I, I get it so close, I get it right up to me, and instead of grabbing the line and pulling it in, you know, I just pull on the, yeah, you, I sticked it. Well, the thing I thought about, I'm like, 
I I thought I looked at the rod. I'm like, oh, I've, I've caught stripers and lake trout on this thing. Yeah, there's no way I'm gonna pull harder than Pat. <laughs> like shit, I thought I pulled that hard. I'm like shit, I did. Snapped right in the middle. It's not that you pulled that hard. It just bent in an area it's not supposed to. No, right in the middle, right at the mm. ferrule, right below, right below the, the ferrule. Yep. Yeah, the middle oh. ferrule. Yep. Yep. Just two, two. And it tight. Kaboomed. So. Which one was that? Predator. Seven. Yeah. So now I'm down mm. to a six weight. <laughs> I have uh, six or five if I'm fishing. So Reddington's doing well from us lately. That's what, three, yeah. four broken Reddington rods now we have? Yeah. I got two to send back now. I just put one in the mail. Twelve's kind of still tentative. I five-minute epoxied it back together. What happened to it? Uh, fish eight. I set the rod back with both hands, and I clipped the eye off there, the guide, right off the top of the boat. It was like perfect. Just boom, and it pulled the guide right out of the epoxy. Oh, yeah. So I took, stuck it back in there, and I stuck a Sharpie in the hole and just pushed it as hard as I could back in, and then epoxied it and let it sit for five minutes holding the Sharpie in there. Seems, uh, seems so far so good. I wouldn't send it back till I think pops back out. <sighs> I got a feeling I probably will, but we'll see. After I'm the, hoping after the beast. After the beast. Just make it through the beast. Speaking of the beast... Uh, if you don't have your registrations in by now, sorry about your luck. What how many teams are this year? Probably about twenty as usual. I don't know. I talked to Matt and he said they were hoping to get a rush at the end. He right. said he knew we uh, we were late registering and a couple other teams were as well. So he's waiting to get a final count. Streamer Junkies got three uh, three groups this year too. So they're coming full force again. They had two last year, correct? One or two. I think two groups. Didn't one of them get married, have a kid, something of that nature? I think it was a wedding. Yeah. So they only had one or two groups last year. Nuts to that. Fishing's way more important than getting married. Well, we'll have we'll have uh, not three groups, but we'll have there three different teams with guys on them. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll all be sitting around in the camp. That should be a good time. That campfire is going to be. A good, I think a good talk, a good fun I, time. I think it's going to be loud as and long rowdy. As <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Can't give Jace too many beers. He might get loud and rowdy. Better than two and a half hours of driving after after eight hour, ten hour fishing. Yes. Oh, yeah. We should give Jace too many beers because he's on none of our teams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Feed him the be, liquor, man. Well, his, his, his teammates will be there. Oh, yeah, last year? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm planning on doing that again. <laughs> this, time, this time, PJ's going to carry me out of bed and put me on the boat. We'll see uh, Ryan's boat up against every bank. Jay's running up a hill. To, Jay's taking a crap. Jay's uh, not even taking a car up there this year. Me? Oh, I You're f- not. Oh, I felt like hell that day till about noon. That guy saved my life from another boat. How are you getting up there? <laughs> oh, me? Him. We got soccer that night. We got night. soccer that Thursday. We got the fi- our final game against so wait, each other. Your, you, PJ, and Pat. Yeah. Pat's going to the captain's meeting. <clears throat> PJ. PJ is. He's going to meet you at camp. Okay, cool. El Capitan. All right. Speaking of that, do you know what time the captain's meeting is? No, i got to look at that sheet. Okay, it's over at the house. I'll probably forget and have to pull it up in my email as I'm driving up there. Yeah. Crap, what time was that again? Because I'm going to be up there in the morning anyway. I'm going to go up and fish a little bit. Are Worst you? case, yeah. you might have to represent me too. They're not going to, if need be, they'll be fine. But if PJ comes up, he can just ride up with me then. I think he'll be barely pushing time, so. Yeah, I want to go up and uh, just for a little bit mess around with the idea I told you about. Yeah. And see if I can move something, see if it makes a difference, or if I can mark them better and hold them better that way. 
where maybe we can get a little more comfort. But I think that idea. You should tie a fly and, and cut or clip the hook off of it, or just tie it on a shank. Screw that. Okay, catch it. Oh <laughs> 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 a fish comes in, I want to catch him. I will feel like crap about it, but if I'm going to feel like crap, I want to catch a fish too and not sit there and feel like crap and go, oh, I kind of wish I had caught him now, well, or that, I at least want to give my effort to it. The gutted Muppet, that's what they did last year. Yeah. Corey caught one the night before. And guess I know. what? They didn't catch anything in the tournament. Mm-hmm. We didn't catch anything, but he still had one the day before I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And it felt t- great. And I pre-fished it, or fished it the day before, so... Oh, that's right. We were brown fishing that day, though. That was, I think, the day before that. I was musky. So I went up real early last year. Yeah, you went and fished with Nick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go up the weekend before, to be honest, uh, to get everything ready for camp for us, to get the showers all set up and all that I'll stuff. I'll be on vacation through that. So I'm either going to be Thursday the whole way through that week after or just Saturday through that week. So I'll be on. I'll be up there getting some stuff ready, probably fishing Sunday morning somewhere. For just a little bit. And we'll come up and do that, and I'll go down that uh, creek with you. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, you're going to do what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, oh, that that creek. Yeah, yeah that yeah. creek. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jay's Aquarium. Yeah, damn right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them there. Oh. oh. <laughs> we get to teach PJ today the difference between a creek and a creek. <laughs> He'd never heard. Yeah. Because, uh. The, where we were at today, we definitely found out it's a crick. That's a crick. Where he's talking is a creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where we were today is a crick. Yeah. He said, what in the hell are you talking about? So you see a tire in the, in the stream bed? That makes us a crick, not a creek. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, what was it? A hubcap. We passed the hubcap. Yeah. A <laughs> couple tires. There are a couple tires in there. Yeah, Only they, near the bridges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They look like they got thrown right off the bridge. Yeah, oh, those two, yeah, they definitely got tossed off the bridge. Speaking of the water, though, I was surprised at how much, how easy it kind of was to wade today with that almost at 600. Mm-hmm. Right up there. It wasn't bad at all. No. I mean, it also brings the water level up, so it pushes how the many, fish back in shallow. Three when you got there? It was, no, it was four. Four? Mm-hmm. When I got there, it was four. It's a little, it's, it, it feels was, a little... Uh, I stayed point, the whole yeah. time around like my knees, and it was, you were pretty much casting right up to the edge of the wall. Distance-wise, I mean, you're still well out from the... Did you go over far right and cast mm-hmm. toward that? Mm-hmm. I worked that whole seam, because once you get four gates and that far right gate opens, man, is there a nice seam right through that. Mm-hmm. And I'll get and work baits along it and then get on the opposite side and bring them through it and then work it down and swing it. And I worked that whole thing, and then I sent Michael in because he was fishing little clousers after, and then he worked it, and I, got, I think he got just one little small mouth. I've caught a lot of little walleye over there. Oh, Big, large mouth. I was with Ted Blair one day. He caught a 22 there. Large oh. mouth. Holy smoke. And you see, very seldom ever see a large mouth come out of there. First cast, he walks over. Boom. Pops that thing. Yeah, kidding me. Because <laughs> you never see them. But uh-uh. the ones you do are oh, they're, big. They're usually always big. That's what I was just going to say. When you see one, it's usually a large fish. Mm-hmm. That's where Macy caught her biggest smallmouth. That was fishing off that side there and fishing that. Yeah, fishing spot. that riprap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice, nice. Well, hey, we, do we, we want to get take a break real quick? Yeah, we're we getting to a little bit of the end of our our stuff. You know, the end of the trout float later. Yeah, after that. Yep. Alrighty. Yeah, we kind of went good. astray there. That's all right. It's good times. All right, so you guys hit on today's trip a little bit and all the fun activities you had beforehand and all the goodies going through. What happened? What'd I, you catch? I would like to say none of those activities were fun. Well, for a couple <laughs> of them. For, for J and PJ, it was kind of... 
it was great. Like I said, sub early in the morning. It was, breakfast was there, so. Yeah, you guys were just outside talking about how long it mm-hmm. took to get there, and you had to wager in as how long it took Chad and Sheets. Yeah, well, like we said, it took yeah. an hour. 45 minutes. No, it was. It was an hour. 45 minutes. How long did you spend Sheets? 15 minutes. See, it was an hour. <laughs> See? It's it's pooping math. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pooping math. So we hit on but, a lot okay. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in. You yeah. got Rainbow, you got yeah, a Brown, you got this, but hit on how did the day go? What did you guys run into? Chad was putting on it. Well, he said once we put on the that streamer, mm-hmm. uh, the Sweetwater things, man, it just it was fish after fish. So, like I said, he took some. He caught a few fish. He's like, Jay, you want to you want to start fishing? I so started, what was like I the tendency of the day? Then were you guys moving fast? I would or say you swinging flies or a lot of swinging for me, especially in, we were so a little bit slowed down then with the low men, water, and then you're just you know dangled down and across the current a lot. I caught three fish in a row. Boom, boom, boom. And that my told Jay, I was like, let's switch, man. Take my rod, let's switch. I said, one thing I found that you have to do is as soon as that fly hits the water, throw a big upstream mend in it, and then that gets your fly positioned head upstream, yeah. and then that's natural position for a, a bait fish because they're not going to swim downstream. They're going to swim head up. And Not to mention it gives a chance to get under the water and not skate the surface the whole way down below you too. Well, they, nothing was super deep, and no. it wasn't going super you didn't fast. You have a current then. No. Okay. So... Like like I said, I had to take my sink tip off because it was lack of current and depth. So as soon as the fly hits, big upstream mend, one strip to get it into position, and then let it sink, 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 strip, strip, strip. And then I was throwing a downstream mend to turn the fly sideways and like make the make it look like it was uh, fleeing. Mm-hmm. We even watched, you know, <clears throat> there was tons of bait. <clears throat> Everywhere in there, and you, you can you can always see that even in bait. You're right, bait's not gonna swim downstream a lot like that, or it'll make movements to the side, move to the side, and kick to the side quickly. But continually, their head is always upstream. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to push against the current, or they're gonna be down the current. So, so that's what you think. Gotta think about when you're also in a boat. Don't cast behind you because then you're not gonna be able to get the fly to face upstream. And still fish it effectively. So, just little things like that that we, like I said, nothing we caught was burning. I I tried double hand stripping a couple times. Oh, it'd be fairly slowed down. Yeah. So we uh we even tried blue lining a little bit. Yeah, we well the the fish of the day as well. Like most of the time was what, like a thirteen maybe inch smallmouth. We're yeah, thirteen inch smallmouth. About fourteen maybe on the bigger end. Um, never a few of those, you know what I mean? They would come to, and there were just a couple little, one, one little dinky one, but most of them were decent size, just around that cookie cutter size. Rainbows were hitting, like Chad said, you got one brown and it's, uh, but man, I didn't saw, we saw a few really big fish, got the Chad hooked up, hooked one big fish. And then, uh, man, I, I cast out like the, at the bottom end, there's that real rocky, rocky spot, like big boulders. Mm-hmm. Well, now, like, you know, where we're usually like up above them all, probably we're five feet down further, it feels like, if we're, you know, yeah. than we are in the wintertime, you know. And so you could see everything. You could see all the divots and the boulders and everything else. And uh, cool. one big, one big divot in this boulder, or a few boulders all in a spot. And then there's just a huge dig out, dugout area. And, 
I cast through and I watch this fish come out of that area up onto up onto the rock and flash after my fly, go after it for a second. And it was, oh man, this fish had to be all 22, if not bigger. I mean, solid. It was huge. I mean, you, Chad could tell, like you could, see, he could tell. I'm, I'm like, I could, my heart was pumping. I could see them because I want to get it to come up again. And I thought I would be able to. We tried and tried and tried. And I ended up, a cast later, caught a little bit of smaller fish, but it wasn't the fish I saw. I know it wasn't. It would have ate the fish I saw. Or, you know what I mean? That fish I caught would have got eaten. Yeah. But Jay was shaking. I know. I, I was like, I, you could see him. I, mean, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is the one. This is the one I want. That nah, didn't come back up. I think as soon as it saw us, did you see him again up, after he repositioned? Mm-mm. After he repositioned, he was out of there because we ended up going over there, and I didn't see us kick him out of there. So, but yeah, it, it got P- a lot deeper. PG got snagged multiple times today. Imagine so, that. <laughs> so we had to go retrieve his fly. Yeah, his sinking line. Well, first the water level was a little too heavy. Yeah, wait, but you can't. You can't buy a sinking line, like four different sinking lines Well, that on our budget, you know? If the water was up a little bit higher, it would have been perfect. If he would have, if it would have been where Too we much were. Line for the... Yeah, if we would have been where the levels we were fishing it at earlier in the year when we were, you know, stripping D&Ds fast as hell, you know what I mean? And with heavy sinking lines, it was perfect. But now it's, it's, it's not up as high as we thought it was going to be with the rain we had. But it still was, it was still... Had a nice little bit of uh, um, clarity to it, you know, in the morning. I mean, it was a little bit dirty, and then it got clear as the day went on. So it had color to it in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as Chad mentioned, we like we did went we went blue lining for a little bit, and there's plenty of little tributaries that feed in, and it, we didn't see anything. No, but but it was <laughs> fun. We got we got oh I I found a little salamander. It was pretty cool. One of the it wasn't little. No. I wouldn't have said little. I don't. I'm, it was For relatively creek. little compared to my foot. Oh sure, <laughs> I mean, but like in comparative, like to like most of the three inch, four inch, five inch. Uh, I'll show you a picture compared to my finger. It was probably three uh, inches. Yeah, three or so. Right. You know, like usually I always see them like even in those smaller creeks. You know, about an inch, inch and a half, little tiny ones. This one's decent, thick little salamander. Hmm. That's pretty cool. We'd found a couple of the, like newts were around the same size. Like the different up there as well on the side, but like not like him. This one was actually in the creek, had like nice like orange spots on its back and stuff. I don't know, it almost looks like the ones we find by my house. As he as Chad is showing Mark a picture of this. Yeah, things are neat. It, it was really cool. Chad was like, "Jay, don't step back." And I'm like, "He's like, what? A rattlesnake? <laughs> don't is, tell me what's be heavy. Is there is there a fly on the ground? Am I gonna get hooked? What? what? I was like, no, there's an a salamander. Go step on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see him. Yeah, that was a cool Good looking, eye. Cool looking one, too. I'm surprised with all the time we've spent up there in that area, we've yet to see a hellbender. You know? I don't want to see one. Aren't I do. They, aren't they mean? <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're pretty decent size, though. Yeah, they get big. It's PA State Amphibian. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, now you know. <clears throat> so, uh... We do have to get on out of here. But, Jay, tell us a little bit about uh, what we did yesterday. Oh, man. Like we said earlier, we mentioned in the show, uh, at least we got some work out of Mark yesterday since his shoulder's hurting now. Uh, <clears throat> right on cue, 
you know, we get the cabinets in. I finished painting last Wednesday. This is after we talked on, you know, I had all the primer on. And so painted Wednesday with my dad. He hates painting. And my wife, I'm, I'm particular about painting, man. I do a lot of it at work. I like to do it now that I've done it a lot at work. I hated it before, but I had a couple extra beers, you know, once I got home, hanging out with my dad for a second and man, cutting before dinner. And when I was cutting in the first line, man, it was, it got a little, it got a little shaky, but I, you know, I noticed once we put the cabinets up yesterday that it was behind one of the cabinets. So it's covered. Gosh. <laughs> you couldn't even tell. I was like, awesome. So yeah, the cabinets came in. Mark, Mark was waiting on me all day. I had to go run around, buy some stuff from Lowe's, which yeah. got me a little late. We also went out to dinner wait, with wait, our wives. What'd you buy from Lowe's? Not screws or shims? <laughs> no, I bought screws. I just... <laughs> A little shorter screws than I, I, I needed. That's how Jay rolls on the short side. Yep. Mm. I'm sure you measured, and if you did, if it's anything like your uh, stud finding. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It got better as the night went on. Mm-hmm. That's because Bruce came to do it. No, the <laughs> last that last cabinet. He says right on cue. He says I'm going to go get the cabinets at nine. Tess has measured me at one forty. All right, I'm here. Oh, okay, nice. Hey man, I had to go get some stuff. I had a little slow start. Had to wait, drop my daughter off, you know, do a few things. She got picked up. No, I dropped her off my mom's, and then your your mother-in-law came and got her. But, yeah, they're, they're beautiful. They're amazing cabinets. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. You need to go into detail about the story about when Adam got there. And he story? And he found something in the trailer. That was forgotten. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was a good one too. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. No, th- yeah, there was a lot of good mistakes. Me, Mark, and I, we started out first thing in the morning. Well, my dad, he just apparently he didn't. He was just there for the beer. Because <laughs> first thing in the morning, yeah, for an alcoholic, it's I mean, two o'clock. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean. Like not for first thing he walks in. You know what I mean when he gets there. This is when we go get the cabinets before he even came over. He already had a beer cracked. I'm like, oh god, here we go. He was oh. Oh, man, and he just started he going. Fun. Oh, yeah, he had a great time. He had a wonderful time watching us put up cabinets. But at first, Mark and I, we, you know, we got started, and that's like the first, the hardest one is like the first one. Cause you got to get it, it. It was a corner cabinet. It's got to be level this way, level that way, everything else. And <laughs> I guess because my wife came in and talked to me, I was talking to her last night, and <laughs> she said, because that one, uh, the one that goes over top of the stove, the exhaust hood, uh, that cabinet, was, she said it was unlevel as shit. Like, when we saw it, you know, we looked at it, too. We're like, oh, we can't. No, that can't be like that. We got to fix all that. So she, she's just, oh, I'm just walking out. <laughs> oh, God. That's when we went back and fixed it Yeah, after we that. took it back yeah. down, and we fixed the other cabinet, that the corner cabinet that it was up against. And it started to go better then. Once we yeah. got, once we got, and the, the, the corner one has a little bit of switch cheese on the inside. Nothing a little putty can't fix, you know? Nobody looks at the inside of your cabinets. They only look at the outside. So, but they, they were like I said, they're awesome cabinets. They looked really, really nice. And then Bruce came over. Who's so, you know the other so company? You, are you not going to tell the story? Oh, about I am. What? I am. But Bruce was already there. <laughs> Bruce comes and you know stuff starts moving a little faster. We did have all the uppers on, and you know they looked great. He said they looked good and they were right and level as hell. And but man, stuff started going fast. The, the bottom. Uh, the bases went in really, really quick, and 
But there was one that must have was missing, and we didn't notice it. We we're like, oh, we got this. And there's like a big peninsula that was all one piece, and we all there took like three or four of us. We we started cracking beers double time. We said we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were cracking beers, start you know talking da 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 da. Everybody was done, and and my brother-in-law comes in. He's there. Are, there's drawers out there that that are that go right there. I know they do. You, like because he had looked at the plans and stuff, you know, weeks ago, and. Like no man, because there were other drawers from another job in in the trailer as well that we're doing at work, and I'm like no no those are those are white dude those are for another it's for another job, like no man there's some there's some <laughs> there are some cabinets in there they're yours they're yours like no dude look look it's right you know and I should have looked up because the cabinets that we put on the wall were about what uh, two foot. <laughs> Hanging out <laughs> about twenty two inches. <laughs> about twenty two inches hanging out past the, the peninsula we just put in and No, no, they, no, I had I argued with them and then I'm I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you're no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, bring let's bring those in. So we had to unattach the peninsula and then reattach the peninsula. But nothing. No harm, no foul. So everything went right back into place and Easy breezy, man. Yeah, it looked really good. I'm 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 appreciative for all the help you guys gave me. So it was and it was a good day. It was fun. We didn't, we didn't have a bad time. Is that what we're calling it now? Fun, <laughs> fun. Not a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you hurt your shoulder fishing. Not not putting up cabinets, right? Yeah, good point. <laughs> little pizza, Joe's pizza, and little beers, and hey, like I said, I appreciate everybody's help. It was awesome. Get shit done quickly. Yeah, it moved along well though. Yeah, it did. Everybody was pretty, you know focused and are you know helpful my my brother-in-law he he hangs in there he's a he's a strong young dude so god bless him for coming over for a little while yeah we need that every once in a while keep us motivated yeah don't want to look too bad <laughs> so and then oh, no, i, I want to do hit on two other things um we, we have tying night coming up yes we have to talk about tying night for just two seconds just give them the dates and tell everybody yeah. they need to be there last friday of October. It's going to be the first one. Uh, date was. Probably should have looked that up beforehand. <coughs> but yeah, that'll be uh, first time night. I think we're probably going to work on getting some stuff together too. So probably kind of, I don't know, door prize of some sort, something of that nature. Swagapalooza. Yeah, we'll figure something out to work into it. But uh, last Friday is going to be October 25th. So that's going to be the first one. Uh, the month after... Free SVS t-shirt t- for anybody who shows up. I gotta get them printed. I'm, uh, I'm in the process of finding someone. So if you come... Are you, you paying you get, for that? Hell yeah. If we kind of get... If we get, like, 50 fucking t-shirts made... I'm, I'm not talking 50. Probably 10. Hey, I'm serious. If you come, you will get a t-shirt. Maybe if they're printed by then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting they're, Chad on the spot. They're not even get these fucking things printed, Chad. They're not even close to being I, printed. I want one. I know I do too. But uh, I have a mom at soccer who makes T-shirts, and she said she's busy right now, but she's gonna try to print them for us. So, well, there you go. That They'll be sweet. printed by next month. <laughs> Don't listen to Jay. <laughs> what so, else? Yeah, month after that, though, uh, is Black Friday, so we'll do that one November 22nd, I believe it is. The week before. Yep, week before that. So, yep, come stop out. That is North uh, Pitt Street, Mercer. So, right on the Pit square. Dance Studio. 
Yeah, and if you look back through, I mean, we'll be putting up posts too with a, like a little flyer on. It'll have that. Well, one ten North Pitt Street is what it is. So yeah, right on the square in Mercer. So sheets close. There's beer. There's a bar down the road. There's food. There's whatever else you need. But yep, everything. A good time. Awesome time. We had a couple weeks a or a couple months, and we had quite a few people. We had twenty five or so that show up the one time. And yeah, that was fun. a fun night. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Uh, upcoming guest. Who do we have for some upcoming guests? I know we have a couple people lined up, right? Next week, Chris Willen. Mm, nice. Breakdown, shakedown, holiday, every day. Chris Willen doing some musky hype up talking. He's been catching Sounds some good. monsters. So, and, and nobody else is still lined up lined up yet? Um, we got a couple tentatives for After the Beast, um, but nobody until then. Awesome. And then, you know, there's a couple other tentatives lined up as well. Yeah. So, shit. Should be awesome. Should be come some we'll great people coming on. up. We'll have somebody on for sure. Never fails. <laughs> yeah. So, Chad, do you have the music queued up? I do. This week's show brought to you by Predator Flag Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlagGear.com. Also, Sims Fishing. SimsFishing.com. Get some Allsdorf Genetic Hackle. You can find that at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Don't forget. Sims. Sims Fishing. It's they just waders, got a double. Waiters boots, huh? They just got a double. Did they? Yeah. Arex. Did we say an Arex hooks yet? Oh, no, we haven't so. said Arex. Wow. On fire. Arex <laughs> <laughs> hooks. We haven't said Yeti. Yeti. Must. Built for the wild. I can do that one. Why not fishing? Speaking of Arex, these six uh, TP610s. They're dope. Great musky hook. They're dope. a dub. massive gap on them things. I've been tying them and putting lead dumbbell eyes inside the gap. I got my whole thumb in there and there's still like a half inch hook gap left. Who'd you tie that one for? Scott Grassy. Hmm. G-Money. Yeah, that's a sweet fly. back with russell peterson what's happening man oh not too much just enjoying a wonderful sunset here in the the driftless region of wisconsin awesome it's been a it's been dark here for probably an hour and a half (laughs) i still got a little bit of sunshine up right now (laughs) (laughs) actually uh before we called you it was just starting to fade so it hasn't been dark 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 yeah twilight the good time yes 
when all the magic happens. Exactly. It's the magic hour. So, uh, Russell, can you give us a little bit of backstory on yourself? Uh, sure, definitely. Yeah. Like, um, like how'd you get into my... fishing and what, what's everyone need to know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I got into fishing at a very, very young age. I'm sure as most people did with a Snoopy pole and red and white <laughs> bobber and, uh, gob of worms and <laughs> caught myself a, a mess of pan fish and all that good stuff. And, uh, I really was a spin fisherman for a long time up until probably, I want to say about six years ago, I dived into fly fishing and fell in about as hard as you can get and never been able to get back out. So when you started, were you up in the driftless area of Wisconsin then too? No. When I first started fly fishing, um, I, my folks were super cool and they were like, oh, it seems like an interesting thing to get into, you know, we'll help you out and get you kind of set up and I, uh, I grew up in the northwestern part of Wisconsin in Polk County. Um, so when I learned how to fly fish, there wasn't really, there's not like trout up there. And there's just a lot of lakes full of largemouth bass. And I really was just looking for a more interesting way to catch largemouth, honestly. When I got into fly fishing, I was like, I just want some, some different way to go angle for the fish. I'm already, already having a lot of fun catching. And then there was a, there's like a little warm water stream that comes out of a dam in a little county park up there. And that whole stream isn't doesn't have trout in it. It's filled with largemouth bass, some stunted pike, and a whole mess of panfish. So really, I kind of I cut my teeth chasing warm water species that lived in a what looked like a trout stream. That sounds like Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super. It's super cool floating little foam poppers around in there and watching everybody come up and take a crank at them and kind of teaches you how to do all the same stuff that I eventually have now put into trout fishing and and everything else. But I started off with sunnies and and largemouth bass. <laughs> and and as you should, that's where I think everyone should start. Oh, it's so much fun. They eat eat like monsters. All of them do. All of those. All of your standard. You know fun lake fish of everybody's childhood i mean they are the way to start fly fishing in my opinion you can't go wrong with a five weight and a little popper and a nice calm evening on a lake that is just i mean i still do that <laughs> i'm sold yeah <laughs> everybody should we're, do it we're coming up <laughs> go get your five weights get your poppers let's go <laughs> so how is that transition into what you enjoy doing now <laughs> how do you become an absolute musky nut yes, and uh you know live with an 11 weight in your car at all times yeah um i don't know i told myself that i'd never become a musky fisherman until i touched my first one on a fly rod that was the first musky i ever caught was on a fly rod and after that i was kind of like huh interesting so these big ornery critters you know we can go chase them around with flies that i like to tie and flies that i think look sweet in the water and i mean i got i got hooked i uh like i said i grew up in in poe county which is not too far from the st croix the st croix runs through there but the northern stretches of the st croix river are were like kind of my my playground at that time so i was going up there a ton and i mean this crazy old river rat jeff butler who's a fine fine gentleman who lives up there kind of took me under his wing one summer and uh started to show me the ways of what it looks like to float some northern rivers and catch smallmouth and muskies and oh no that guy got me stuck on it and we still go fishing every year so um 
somehow, somehow, yeah, innocent enough panfish and poppers turned into, I'm going to throw 14 inches worth of meat on a full sinking line for as long as I can. <laughs> so you said, uh, the first muskie you've caught, you caught was on a fly rod. Have they all been on fly yep. rod? Yeah. I've never actually gear fished a muskie yet. I have yet to even like actually do the sucker on a bobber thing. <laughs> Two out of three of us are in the same boat sitting around this table. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like once you get the, the fly fishing bug for them, it's kind of hard to look anywhere else, sort of. I mean, they can you get you get all the good good feels out of it. I guess, you know, you can burn the flies. You can just kind of hang them and dance them like you would suckers and such. I mean, I kind of feel like you get get to do the full spectrum with a fly rod, sort of, all at the same time. Yeah, I wouldn't even venture over to even try. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm same as I you. Get, I get really jealous of them hog wobbling things that make all the popping noise. <laughs> Those guys can throw them like 300 feet away and rip them across. I get really jealous then. I want to do that. <laughs> well, funny thing is, I'm I'm same as you. I caught my first one on a fly, and I just through the through the fly wise, just got so far into muskie. I bought a gear rod, then caught one oh. on a gear, and I never even picked the thing up again after it. It's like, oh, cool, but uh, no, I'm much, much better on a fly. And I was like, yeah, well, I, was like right. I think it's fun to go out with guys that do bring the gear with, though. Like, I think that is one of the most, like, entertaining times to go fishing for muskies. Oh, absolutely. If you got a guy ripping a bulldog and guy flipping flies in the back, I mean, you're going to you're gonna see one, one way or another. That gear straight up catches fish, too. Oh, it's epic. And when they do, they're just so ornery. I mean, they're mean on flies, but when you watch a full bulldog get engulfed boat side, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole nother cool, cool part of that fish that, you know, I'm just always awestruck when those things crush them things. (laughs) So, you know, you went, uh, when you, when you got into the muskie fishing, did you go full intent? You said that first one was it, it wasn't by accident, uh, by catch. It was, you were going out with a full intent to get the muskie and you know, you haven't looked back since. Hundred percent. Yep, we were out late, late November, um, and yeah, nothing else is going to be in those rivers really around that time. Full intent with the big old, big old fly, and I mean, I had a floating line <laughs> that might have been my first <laughs> screw up, but somehow I managed to make it work. But I didn't know anything. I didn't really know any better. I didn't. I, the internet hadn't blown up with muskies on the fly or anything like it is now, where you can learn every little bit you need from sweet shows like this and magazine articles and you know YouTube videos and stuff that just wasn't wasn't there. So, and that wasn't even that long ago. At that period of time, what kind of flies were you starting up with? <laughs> EP fiber, you know, things with the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, something that would kind of sink and make a big big platform you know my butt with the floating line i was like i don't have i can't get those bucktail flies down so just using like ep fiber bait fish and stuff like the big ones so did you evolve into but newer flies you like better or did you just go to uh like weave hair and big googly eyes because it's cheaper that way now <laughs> oh i did the googly eyes thing for a while craft stores the big pack of neon eyeballs that you can get from like michael's or whatever yeah those oh, yeah. were definitely um, a massive part of my fly arsenal for a while. <laughs> um, but no, I just really, I, I find there's a certain kind of just calmness and creating like bucktail flies, just getting to spin deer hair and 
flashing feathers and all the fun, you know, follow the, uh, the quintessential recipe and then add all your extra flavor and your own little secret things that you like to stick in your flies. <laughs> so, uh, I brought this up with Steven last week. Basically musky flies are all the same bucktail and flash and feathers with yeah. a couple different head options. You know, yep. so what, what do you prefer for a head option? Um, I am a very sparse Buford man myself as in almost collapsible style. Um, I don't put a lot of bulk on the front of them if I can help it. And, uh, I'm a big fan of a kind of a craft first styled head with a lot of epoxy, big flashy eyeballs. You know, I, uh, here have been messing around with a little bit more of those weighted dumbbell eyes in the front, but only for some specialty locations. You mean like on a jig style hook? Yeah, jig style hook ones, yep. So, uh, we, we talk gear with all kind of guys, but you seem to be in an area where the, the crew is pretty pretty special. Can you go into like the musky uh, phenomenon with like fishing with a crew? Uh, yeah, definitely. The, uh, <laughs> the brotherhood of bend, as I like to call it every now and then, <laughs> when, uh, you get a whole mess of guys out there that's going to go do all that. I mean, it's, it's far reaching in the state of Wisconsin. I, uh, by the nature of being a musician for years have had the, uh, like fortunate opportunity to make friends in every corner of the state sort of. And, it's definitely one of those things where, man, like, you can get a call up from any kind of area code in the state here from somebody, sort of. And they'll all, we'll all drive from, you know, where, whatever crazy amount of distance to go meet up at location X and then show up and spend a whole day out there. Or, you know, a couple days is really the fun way if you can do a couple overnighters with some guys and just like, I don't know, it's like you turn into kids again. You know, everybody's having a having a beer and having a good time. Everybody's getting to take a load off. You're all, like, playing with your favorite toys out in the river and, like, chasing these big toothy critters and such. Like, I don't know. It's, like, the closest thing to being a little kid again that I get to do outside of playing music with my, with my, my like, best friends. So when you do that with a crew and you're doing overnighters, are you bringing the banjo along and playing around the campfire? If I can, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, I like bringing the instrument out there. When I when I first started learning how to play banjo, I was still uh, living with the spin rod in my hands, and uh, I'd go set up like after after like a day of doing whatever, and I'd I'd bring the banjo down to the river, and I'd hook up my crawler harness of some sort, and sit back and put a a, a little ringing bell on the end of it, and I'd I'd sit there and I'd learn how to play while while waiting for sturgeon or catfish to show up. That's always been like a, a marriage point for me, sitting out on the river and playing music at the same time. You know, that was a, what kind of, I kind of cut my teeth as a musician there on the river bank, and it's a great place to practice. <laughs> you sound good from a distance, and you're not bothering your roommates <laughs> or neighbors. <laughs> you have a new album out also. That, uh, it still seems like you're influenced by, by being outside and being riverside. Oh, definitely, definitely. I was this last last winter, I guess, in early spring. I put out a a little solo ban- banjo album called Steel from the Rushes, which is 
um, kind of taken from a tune on there um, called Bank Robbers that I wrote up on the St. Croix after a fantastic day of smallmouth fishing. And uh, a majority of that album is comprised of tunes that I wrote either while I was out on the water on like bigger water. And then a lot of it came about after I moved to the Driftless for the last couple of years, I've been living in the heart of part of the Driftless region here in Wisconsin and uh, have been able to just scratch, merely scratch the surface of how many miles of incredible trout water exist here. And immediately tunes just come flowing in. Like I'm, I like going out for a, an early morning fish and then coming back and kind of sitting around and having a cup of coffee and warming up after a nice warm or after a cold winter's day out there and uh seeing what kind of comes to the fingers from what i experienced from the day and kind of put all these tunes together and kept working on them and playing them at home over coffee and playing them for a few buddies here and there and i realized that i just had to get them out there and they're like gumming up my my process a little bit wanted to get them get them out into the world so everybody could hear them so uh when you took your transition from you know spinning gear to the fly rod and the, the transition in fish, did you see it make a change in your music at all? Um, a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say that there was a massive transition in the music. I think that my music has just changed with more like where I've been living and what I've been up to than how I was fishing necessarily. But I mean, I was writing some cool banjo tunes about five foot sturgeon and all this other stuff while I was flinging spinning rods around. And then transitioning over to like trying to figure out how in my head ripping a musky fly through a deep pool sounds on the banjo. So, I mean, there is a change there, but I don't think it was like a kind of a conscious change or even anything that I could really like put into to terms other than just by listening to the music itself, sort of. So can you talk about sturgeon a little bit? We don't get many people on the show that, uh, that target sturgeon. Uh, I mean, we, we had like two, I think Eric, Eric Greisky was one. And, uh, I, kn- I know there was another one somewhere, but I can't remember which one. <clears throat> I mean, I thought, I think, I still think they're one of the, like, most incredible beautiful fish and one of the most gnarly like natural creatures that exist and all of their species and all of their shape i've always kind of been enthralled by by a critter that lives as long as they do that can you know they live in rivers they live in lakes there's you know the the whole the the fish itself is just incredibly like beautiful i don't know if you've ever had a chance to really like hold one in front of you but they're like a shark no. You know, like they're like this. I mean, they they feel different. They smell different. Like everybody knows that fish slime smells like fish slime, but like they they're a whole different kind of breed. You know, they are the original like cool piece of dinosaur like artillery that cruises the bottom of the rivers. You know, like they were they were built and designed over eons of evolution to do this really cool thing, and they're really freaking good at it. <laughs> So what are some tactics that you, you would use to chase one? Like, is there a certain time of the year that you can go out and effectively chase them more than another year or another time of yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, I always just, like, you liked just... early June. I really just liked early June because everybody's waking up. I saw a lot of them jumping. I don't know if that was necessarily a better time of year or not, but I was always just a fan of, like, 
I learned at a certain point that they were like pickier eaters, I guess, than catfish. Um, like I always had like the cooler with like really cold worms. They always had to be fresh. I guess that was my big thing is I would, I wouldn't change worms out for like catfish or anything like that. If I was trying to set up a kind of stinky worm rig or something like that. But for sturgeon, it was like, how cold can I keep my crawlers? And like, I change them every like couple hours. Cause I think that they just have a different kind of, uh, they have a different approach to whether or not they want to eat something. They like, they, they'll take something that's fresh and ready to go more than something stinky. And, you know, they will cruise shallow. They'll cruise deep. You can kind of work whatever break you wanted to. Cause they'll, they'll move around a bunch. It's, it's definitely just like a sit back and hope operation. It is not like targeting necessarily a specific kind of water. At least I wasn't, I just knew that I needed, they needed deep water and they needed a decent flat spot to come and root around for the good stuff. All right. We're, we're really getting in the weeds from a, from fly fishing, but, think, <laughs> but well, I did catch one on the fly once, so I can tie it back that way. I did get one sturgeon on the fly. Cool. I, I was going to go back to the bait talk for just another second. Since you, yeah. you cared so much about your uh, your night crawlers and keeping them cold, were you a yeah. night, were you a night crawler picker yourself? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I had a couple good spots to go get my own night crawlers. Otherwise, uh, I was always a fan of uh, Saint Croix Outdoors, right down the way off of County Road Y uh, and, and Highway Eight. They had they had a good guy either picking them or growing them over there. That uh, fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely you know, wonderful. <laughs> you know what else we learned that place sells last week? What? Bump boards. Bump boards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have bump boards. Yeah, Steven's story about uh, dropping that one in the water last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they'll... Yeah. I've, I, I, they, they, they make their way overboard every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely know about the... We're going back to the Nightcrawler pick, and I know... I grew up, I know you guys did, you know, taking hose out in the front yard, spraying in the front yard and waiting until nice and dark and going out and picking dozens and dozens and dozens, go out and put them out for walleye. Yep. Yeah, buddy. It's part of the fun, man. You got to get dirty every now and then. Awesome. Oh, some were fast. Some of the best nights of my life were nightcrawler picking. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And then putting them out on a line right afterwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a farm pond across the street. So I'd go over oh, there and catch catfish at night. Yeah. You know, we were 14 years old, stealing beers from mom and dad's fridge. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so uh, you do do a little bit of guiding also, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where that kind of fits into my whole operation of life here. Um, being a regularly touring musician, uh, weekends are uh, not necessarily a great time to book a trip with me because uh, I'm usually out on the road with my buddies making music but uh, when I have free time I do my best to accommodate those who are interested in coming out on a trip with me which usually involves some picking and either you know a lot of streamer fishing for smallmouth and muskies are you in a boat yeah um, we can either use I either use a little John boat that I like to run around and then a lot of the time I'm, I'm working with like one dude that's looking to go do something kind of sweet. And I have a, an awesome old like canoe that I outfit with a trolling motor and like an actual row kit. So it works just like, I call it my poor man's towie. Cause it's, 
uh, just a few inches short of being a towie. <laughs> That's awesome. As far as as far as like the actual operation, I mean, I haven't tipped anybody out. I've never <laughs> fallen out of it. Like knock on wood. Now that I'm saying this on the air, but uh, you know, it's it's a lot more stable than you'd think, and uh, it definitely allows access into some smaller water. And really, it's kind of nice on big water too. Um, the lower Chippewa is a favorite spot of mine um, to go out on. And that kind of lends itself nicely to nice sand breaks and gravel bars. So, you know, getting wet and, and having fun and, and, and being not in the boat the whole time is, is like key to having a good time for me, I guess, if you're, if you don't mind getting your feet wet. And if you do ever eject someone from the boat, take it from me. Cause I did it to someone today. Just, yeah. just laugh and play it off. And they'll, they'll laugh along with you. <laughs> yeah, I've always kind of just figured that when it happens, it's probably going to be all in good fun. I did, uh, I've, I've only had one guy fall out of the boat, and it was a buddy of mine where we were just hanging out. And that one was just, I think we were musky fishing. It was like late November in cold water and maybe four row strokes away from the landing. So we got lucky there. But, oh, man, the guy's face when he hit the water and got him back in i mean he's great we had the car warmed up everything was good to go but we had a, such a laugh it's just been one of those things that sticks with us for a long time now just <laughs> remember that one time i fell out in almost december <laughs> you gotta dunk him more often so you can laugh more yeah right <laughs> <laughs> or maybe i'm due for the dunk next time I was gonna say, Chad definitely threw the uh, the mom safety arm up. You know, like your, you know, when your mom, when you have seatbelt on, you're sitting in the front yeah. seat like we were kids when we grew up. <laughs> yeah. You know, mom threw her arm. Uh, he definitely did that to try to save the guy from falling out because he saw it happening. <laughs> it, it didn't That's work. Awesome. Yeah. Now he's, he's a thick guy. So uh, you said you have a John boat, John boat build going on. Yeah, what, yeah. What are um, you doing? It's an old Alumacraft that uh, had some wonderful some flooring in it that just needed to be spruced back up basically um we already managed to put like a little row kit on it and it it's kind of worked as a i mean we always called it the drifting john of sorts because it's you know if you don't put an outboard on the back of one of those puppies they sit pretty high and they don't row too bad without an outboard on them <laughs> what what length's that one uh that one we have is a 14 right now yeah. like a 14 with a wide the extra wide yeah. yeah that's perfect size oh yeah i mean you do a little dancing and all the fun stuff in there but realistically if you're not bringing along the kitchen sink it's perfect the the boat i'm in the process of building is a 12 and i'm yep. basically leaving like a three by three square that's not going to be deck yeah so it's gonna be a dance floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The little the wiggle the wiggle and scoot room. <laughs> so you you seem relatively creative. Uh do you have a name for the boat? Any boat name? Uh we'll see what its incarnation comes up as. It was recently painted, so it's been dubbed the silver bullet here for the last little bit. But uh We'll see what the new incarnation comes out as. I kind of feel like it's going to get enough of a facelift. I don't know if I'm going to repaint it, though. So it might play on some kind of cool silver, uh, some kind of silver motif here as we move forward. And what's the, uh, like, are you going to end up motor on it at all, or is it just going to stay drifter, or what's the end game for uh, it? I mean, I'm probably going to keep it 
pretty simple to be still just a, a drifter. Otherwise, I like putting, I put a little kicker on the back of it so it doesn't go, it's so I can cover a longer stretch of water. Like, I still like the idea of just going in one direction down a river, you know, and having the ability to like cover more ground on some of these bigger, sandier rivers, just being able to scoot between spots because you got to do a lot of moving. And uh, I think there's something nice just by not having to go back up. Um, not that going up is not, not a fun way to do it, but I think it's just kind of part of the mental process for me still at this point is like, we're going to go from destination A and then end up at destination B. Yeah, that's that's half the fun of it, you know? Yeah, and uh, I mean, who knows? Up here in Wisco, when it gets cold in the wintertime, a lot of outboards come out of people's garages and thinking about what the heck is this doing in here anymore so if i can get something a little bit a little peppier on there you know we might go all directions next year (laughs) (laughs) one nice thing about like a point a to point a float is you only need one vehicle true except ron this guy who runs shuttles a hoot oh i mean this guy's just an absolute goofball to talk to i really enjoy my time with ron when i get to talk to him (laughs) that's totally worth it then yeah, definitely. He's a he's a great guy. He's always got something to say about what's going on in the in the town, you know. So it's a good way to keep up and up on the local politics. <laughs> so you mentioned you're a, a touring musician. Are you guys that is correct going out on tours like a like we would think of like Aerosmith would do, or are you guys just doing like weekenders or what? What does a, um, a touring musician entail? Uh, for last like four years it's been tours is in some of spring and fall or your tour like season seed up and we have a little air airport shuttle bus like you would you know get into to go back to your park and fly nice. <laughs> that we outfitted with like enough bunks in there to keep most of the crew sleeping except for whoever's driving and hanging out co- co-pilot and um so you have I mean, your own I think tour the bus. longest we did was like almost like two months straight like with maybe a couple of days off in the middle of it and is so that, we'd go out we go out on some runs and you're just like staying up in the northeast area oh we would go from i mean we've been everywhere from maine through the whole eastern side down through all of appalachia down through the south and then go across the middle of america through all of mountain west and up and down the coast in california and washington and oregon i mean i've got like i think five or six states left we go up to alaska for a month or for a week or two every summer for a run around up there and do you get to fish at all during these travels or are you just is it totally music oh I, I i keep a rod in the bus all the time i mean when it comes down to it you got to have one around you never know what like a hotel pond is going to have a big fat carp sitting in it and in the morning, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Um, except, <laughs> except the, uh, the like uncanny part is that I, that, like, I was joking. I'm going to have this great book sometime called like always a cold front. Cause <laughs> it seems like every time I set something up while I'm out on the road, there's always some sweet weather factor that is like a hundred percent, against me having a great day out and about so i'd usually just end up having a great day on the water casting a whole bunch and not necessarily catching a lot of fish while on tour 
but uh just the the break from the grind of just rolling around and playing all the time just to get out of the bus and step out into nature again and wait around in the water is more than enough to rejuvenate the soul keep your banjo fingers nimble so do any any of your boys that you tour with do they go out fishing with you oh yeah um guitar player and the band's horseshoes and hand grenades i don't even know if i said that yet um uh the guitar player adam gruel uh he is also an avid uh fly angler kind of cat and uh he and i do a lot of fishing back home and then when we're out on the road yeah i mean he's the other guy who's got a set of waders and a rod in the in the bus with me so we can go tear off and have some fun we uh i think uh the most memorable day from this year was out in a little outside of buffalo wyoming um we go sneak off after this kids camp that we teach all teach kids from the age five to 15 bluegrass music during the day and then go steal up to the uh the Bighorn Mountains for a little rest and relaxation in the evenings, you know, play with the, uh, the local fishies, stare at some big, beautiful mountains. So what's out there? Where were you chasing? Cutthroats? Yeah. Cutties. There's, I mean, I'm a sucker for the, like the tiny itty bitty little brook trout that are ready to destroy anything by that point in time of the day. You know, <laughs> I'm just looking for a good bend and a good time. And those little suckers just give her, but there is some fantastic cutty fishing up there. And since we're on the trout train, uh, you're, you live in the driftless area. Have you, yep. uh, have you dipped your toes into streamer fishing? Some of these driftless streams? Uh, yeah, I definitely, and I'm, I probably throw more streamers than your average guy down here. Um, just cause I kind of like the, uh, I don't know, as a musky and bass guy at heart, um, there's something about whipping meat at them little brown trout. That's a lot of fun. And I mean, they do a fantastic job of showing up and killing something, which is always fun to watch when they come blasting out of an undercut bank and destroy, just destroy a sculpting pattern. It's fantastic. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute hoot down here. And then, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Hunter Dorn with, uh, Wisconsin fly fishing company. He's really, he's really a great mastermind of the, uh, driftless streamer game to chat with, but, uh, he's the guy to probe for secrets probably. <laughs> um, have any of your musky tactics followed through? Like, do you do any double hand strip or? I do a little bit of that. Um, I do a lot of double hand strips really slow. I think that the really slow double hand strip is where I, uh, I, I excel the most when I'm going to put, put the rod in the old armpit. And, uh, I don't know. I think there's something about a slow rolling thing that's moving at one speed real deep in the water column that they kind of like. Um, and other than that, I, I, I mean, I change retrieves. I try to change retrieves every other cast, do something different all the time, both for me and to figure out what's going on with the, uh, the old green machines. Is there an area through there that the uh, muskie and trout share? Um, a little bit. I mean, they definitely go up into some tributaries of like the bigger rivers, definitely spawn time. I mean, I'm not fishing them then. I just go look at them. I got a couple great spots to go and spectate on the local gals, you know, hanging out shallow <laughs> early in the year just to see what they look like. <laughs> but um, I also like to make sure I go take a look at them and make sure there's no idiot over there with a jig head ripping them out of there while they're trying to do their stuff. Have you found guys doing that? 
Yeah, there's a couple of local yahoos and spots that I've seen doing things that I, I don't think they should be doing if they want to have a nice musky population. <laughs> Do you give them the business? Yeah, yeah. I like giving people the business if they need it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm with you. And when you yeah. see... When you see the local girls, do you cat call them like a construction worker? Oh, yeah, for hey, sure. I try to name them. You know, I found this one that had a big black spot on her back that I've been trying to find again this year because I was just like, you just have this huge freckle on you. Like, I should be able to mark you from a mile away. Still haven't seen her yet, but. <laughs> so what was her name? I haven't given her a name yet. I just know she's got a huge freckle on her back right now. So I haven't gotten that up close and personal yet to see what she's really into. <laughs> my my wife and I have one called Princess that that we like to joke about a lot. She lives on a corner, or at least the one time we saw her, she's a massive girl, and now it's just Princess's Corner. We're coming in, get ready. <laughs> Someday she'll show back up. Does your wife get into fishing at all? Oh yeah, yeah. My wife and I go out musky fishing very very regularly. She she's really into it. Um, she's the uh, kind of the master of the smaller fly you say um you know she sticks to kind of one style and operation and still moves more fish than i do with every fly out of the box because she can i don't know whisper to them or twitch it in the right way that i just can't seem to figure out how to do and you know great success for her get to boat a lot of fish for her so it's a lot of fun did your wife start fly fishing by musky fishing or did she start like you with uh, bluegills and bass? Uh, no, she started more more like trout streams and um, kind of like a little bit of the lake stuff, but she definitely started off fishing like trout first and then kind of moved her way over into the dark side here of warm water um, fighters and big green scary fish. And did you teach her to cast? No, I didn't. Okay. No. I, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I have one person on the face of this planet that I cannot teach a cast, and it's the lady I lay in bed with. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she did pick up my 12-weight one time, and she said, this is a totally different sport than the 5-weight that she had cast before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, a, it's definitely a whole different game, but no, I never really had to help her out. She's kind of... She had it down and uh, still has it, you know, like, I, it's, it's fun to watch her just crush it, you know. It's a, it's a good way to go and spend an evening, evening on the water with the wife. So you said you get more time on the water than, than most guides? What? <laughs> what? I called it bust, I call it bust a boat season. I like it. When I'm, like, when I'm touring hard, you know, you're gone for x amount of weird amount of days and then you come back and uh, there's like not enough time to have like like a real other job lined up when you're touring all the time so i would come home and maybe have like four days straight in the middle of the week so i'd have like a river to myself and i'd go out in the morning and i'd float a stretch while my wife was at work and have her come pick me up with the like canoe and help me run a shuttle and i'd go back out for round two and then We'd go set up for another float at the end of the day, you know, when she's done with work. <laughs> so I'd spend four, like, straight days on the river and then leave for a little bit. And then I'd come back and I'd spend another four to whatever, you know, amount of days in the summertime um, just out and about. So by the end of the year, I figured that I was probably, like, fishing more than 
like your average person's even on the water, even like a guide at certain points, just by having the the free time to just go out and and be there. So, what in the winter when it freezes up? Do you get into the ice fishing a bit too? Uh, a little bit. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of a bad Wisconsinite there. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a hefty ice fisherman. No. What? I think Stephen, the first time we had him on, referred to it as duck hunting through a chimney. Oh, that's oh right. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'll second everything that man has to say about ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find him out there either for very long. <laughs> so you mentioned the slow roll across the bottom for the Browns. What's the, uh, what's the favorite retrieve for the muskies? For the muskies? Um, well, the... I think I maybe had misfished miss there. I like a slow roll across the bottom for the muskies as well. Okay. In a, gotcha. certain, in a yeah. certain application. I also like a nice fast twitch. You know, if it turns sideways, I'm golden. <laughs> That's always, I think Stephen also harps on that point to, uh, to like great effect. He's an excellent guide and a wonderful, wonderful, like, I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, what muskies like to do and we both agree 100 percent. if we can get it to kick 90 degrees we're in the we're in the kill zone basically you know fast slow in between if your fly is turning sideways you're gonna find one that's gonna come up and destroy it um i've been trying to perfect my top water game a little bit more as a fly guy but uh i just can't seem to figure out how to get him to actually eat the sucker half the time <laughs> do you have confidence in it i do I have like a silly amount of confidence. I think so much so that I push him down to the bottom. <laughs> I think I'm overbearing on the muskies with my topwater confidence. <laughs> I know it's going to happen so much so that they just won't even give me a piece of it. Are are you seeing the muskie? Are they following the topwater in or? Yeah, I'll get him to show up. Well, I find I'll find him, but then I just can't get him to play the game, <laughs> like the part of the game that I want him to play, where they destroy the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they when they follow in, do you like will you figure eight your top water? Oh yeah, send the foam down. <laughs> or if I got somebody else in the boat, I'm usually like throw it behind there, throw it behind there, <laughs> just because if they're already that keyed in on something, just let the other thing go behind them. And, Hopefully somebody gets gets a look at her eating and in the boat. Has that worked? Yeah, every now and then it works. Sometimes it's such pandemonium, you end up just probably blowing the fish for everybody just because it's like, get one behind it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we also were talking to Steve, and he, he mentioned something. Do you have the a little black fly? Oh, yeah. I have a little black flies. Oh yeah. Is your oh, yeah. your go to uh, all pink or do you have a different go to fly? No, I don't I, I used to be an all pink kind of guy for a long time. And I'm not saying I don't have a healthy amount of pink in the old fly box. But uh this year I've been uh well I've been kind of a fan of the white and ginger kind of yellowy kind of vibe this year. That's been my that's been my favorite so far this year. For the big flashy fly. And then the little black one. <laughs> so Stephen laid up a, a quote down on us last week, and we took it to heart so much that we named our uh, our Beast of the East Muskie Tournament team name after it. Slower, <laughs> we're team slower, darker, or slower, darker, deeper. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. I was uh, I was out That's... fishing with Stephen one day. Um, we were working over a hole that I got one to come out on the top water. I think she came up the boat like three or four times on the top water. And I'm just looking back at him like, what do I do? Like, this thing's just not playing the game. And that's where Stephen pulled it out. Deeper, darker, smaller. And you know what? We got her to eat. <laughs> I didn't land it. I ripped it right out of her face. I mean, I just gave her all of my, you know, as much as I could move through the boat and a full arm's length where the line just rip and then just fly come flying back out at me. But uh it worked. <laughs> you had to have been a bundle of nerves having that fish come in three times on top. Yeah, no, if Steven tells a great uh, rendition of it where I probably started squeaking like a little girl <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so do you get animated when uh when you see fish? Like Oh yeah. Yelling? I'm hollering at them all day. Yeah. I love I talk dirty at them. I talk nice to them. I cuss them out on the regular. Yeah, I'm pretty. I, <laughs> I, I hope people tell me to shut up if they don't like it, because I'm going to be sitting there talking at them all day. So. <laughs> and when your wife goes out with you, does she understand that, or does she? Uh... Yeah, she talks a little dirty at them too. Oh, okay. You know? That's a perfect you know. woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you married a lady. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I took mine out musky fishing with me one time. And I had a follow come on the side, but I was like, oh, oh, fish, fish. She said, did you hook it? I said, no, but it's right there. She said, shut up. <laughs> oh, no, she, my wife is very quiet about it. Like, you won't know she has one in an eight necessarily until you're like, what you doing up there? And she'll be like, oh, there's one over here right now. <laughs> She's all calm and cool, collected about it. And I'd be shouting and splashing Tiny and everything. Yeah, that's probably why she catches more of them. <laughs> she's like i'm gonna hide this fish until it's ready right ready for the yeah. net she's a she's a fan of the old submarine ski you know the one that comes up a little late behind and just appears to hover out of nowhere yeah, yeah that's that's like that I, I i don't know what she does to talk him into doing that but it's awesome because she'll be figure eight and then all of a sudden you just see dun, 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 from the depths <laughs> You gotta love the ones that you figure eight four or five times, and you pull it up to start the cast, and you look, and there's a fish just sitting there staring at you. Like, oh yeah, where yeah. you been the just, last thirty seconds? Yeah, exactly. I just walked around this boat four times, and you've just been sitting underneath there. <laughs> yeah, I love them, man. They do a little bit of everything. I think that's what really keeps me chasing them. Is I mean, it doesn't matter what you seem to do. What kind of devil or deals do you like to cut with the devil? You know, they're gonna they're gonna do what whatever the whatever the hell they wanna do. Now on your end, do you pattern much along the lines of weather and barometer and moon phases, or are you just kinda out there all the time and just go with it? Oh, I love weather. I love weather the most. I've I think I I I, I advocate for moon phases. It's a good time to have a game face on and uh when something special happens, wow, that's a wonderful moment in time. But I definitely don't bet on it. <laughs> I'm definitely a, a weather and barometer guy. So, I like watching those more often than not for, like, better windows. Otherwise, I think that you can make them do it. If there's a girl that's ready to go and she wants to eat, it doesn't matter what the weather is. She's going to come and do her thing. So what are you looking for, like, weather-wise? What makes you stand up and the, the... They're going to go now. Uh, uh, up and down. I mean, I love a good drop. 
in the old pressure, a little bit of weird wind and stuff like that. I mean, I like the crappier weather as in is uh, the worse it is for the worse it is for a fisherman, probably the better chance you have at finding a really, really interesting and large specimen. <laughs> you you so, find like when it gets dark and it's just nasty out, them darker flies will tend to move a little better. Or you kind of stick to your guns on the color. Um, I've usually try to put it in the mid range. If it's getting real nasty out there, make it look like food, you know, make it look like food. Cause if they're already out and kind of keyed in on that, I mean, you can throw big colors and do everything and that might work for certain fish, but I get pretty confident if the weather's kind of doing that weird swirly thing or things getting gunky and stuff, then I like it to just look like food which usually involves some white and flash, you know, somewhere in there and darker days. Yeah. I'm all about bright colors and, and sunny days. I'm fishing a lot of dark flies. So, you know, we've talked before and, uh, some, and I've been seeing some different things as well when we were out fishing. Uh, are you getting many opportunities to fish in the riffles and you know, what are you doing to find them there and fish for them there? In, like, fast water? Yeah. Yeah, and riffles are, you know, not in, sitting back in the eddies, slow-moving slow spots. I, I, I like fast water for the most part. I I mean, they're there, and I, I, I don't know if I get enough 100% consistent activity out of them to figure out exactly what their, like, window is in there. But I definitely do not pass up any amount of fast water that has anything that looks like a dump nearby it. Like if, if the bottom's going to drop out even six inches somewhere in fast water, it's definitely worth a look because you'll never see them laying in there with all that ripping bubbles and current. They could be right underneath you and just waiting. See that that's totally counterproductive to how my brain has always thought in my entire life with the, the big fish, you know, I always thought, Oh, let's sit down and crack a a beer and make jokes. at the guy rowing the boat, you know? Yeah, no, I kind of, I, I mean, there's oxygen there. Yeah. So bigger fish, like, they're going to be drawn towards that just as much as, I mean, I, I, I think some rivers offer a little more, like, smaller fish opportunity in the faster water. But I definitely don't pass up the opportunity to put some business through there if there's the right amount of drop in it. You know, if there is a bucket somewhere in the fast water, I'd put one in there. I mean, you, you see how many little suckers come flying out of every little rock there? Those are just snacks, man. They're just hanging out. There's plenty of food in the fast water that's easy to eat. Those are Doritos. Exactly. More chips that are around, you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to be snacking. You can, In that situation, you're just going to use a, a fast retrieve or however, just however it's going to work out for yeah, you? Yeah, faster retrieve. I mean, swing them through there if it's going to work. If you got the right angle, let them swing. Whatever gets it into the business zone, you know, like if that means ripping it fast or whatever, usually I feel like a fish that's sitting in fast water that's going to activate is going to activate if you presented that kind of meal in operation. Yeah, you don't got to worry about a follow there. A what? So you don't got to worry about a follow there. It's usually going to torch it right now. That's usually what I find is if they're there, they're, they're not going to 
I mean, they got to think of how much water they got to swim against. Every now and then you get one ripping in an eight, like, and you'll see them under the current. They won't come up into the top part of the water column. They'll stay underneath and follow a fly while your rods get like smashed in half, you know, but they're still there. Like it's not moving underneath that fast stuff. Huh. There's a little bit of water hydraulics that happens underneath rocky riffle areas. That's definitely worth taking a probe with the old fly rod if you can get your line underneath it. I definitely have a, a riffle in my mind right now that, that we're going to hit within the next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're probably going to pull a honker out of there. I wouldn't go that far. It, <laughs> on a sidebar, that's what we call Jay's nose, a honker. <laughs> this is true so Russell is there anything that we haven't hit on that uh, that we should have anything we've missed I don't know man I feel like we've covered a lot of great great territory here I mean potentially overlooked a little bit of the bronze backs which I love them to death and I probably musky fish a little too much through the summer and then come late October I just would give anything to have a smallmouth come up and eat a murdich minnow again but uh we're, we're <laughs> I silly smallmouth sure i take my time to fish smallmouth as well they're they're incredible they're wonderful they're amazing fish and they fight like the dickens so you know they, I, I love it they do we were out trout fishing today and i think we end up catching a dozen smallmouth awesome oh, yeah it makes you think you got the biggest brown of all time, though. <laughs> oh, it does, man. They they fight well outside their weight class. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably about a 14-inch brown. I'm like, oh, or 14-inch smallmouth. Like, oh, there's nice brown, Chad. There's nice brown. Get, get, get ready. Oh, um, I, I wasn't mad, but, you know, it's still, at least it fought well. They do. They fight great. Oh, yeah. What do you mean you weren't mad? You were cursing. This goddamn thing. <laughs> no, no, never. Not, not never about a smallmouth. But uh, we yeah. noticed, like, for our smallmouth in this year, uh, we had a lot of water problems earlier in the year for our local river that we don't we didn't get to fish as much because of high water. But when we did, I noticed, like, it's been, a, like, the Clouserman has been killer for us this year. Dark colors, and lately it's been white, but it was a lot of dark colors during the season. What did you see as far as your pattern went? Uh, we had a lot of a lot of water early in the year. I mean, a lot of my favorite haunts were basically un- unaccessible, which was kind of a pain in the butt. But, um, I don't know. There was just kind of, we did a lot of, I did a lot of crawdad kind of stuff this year, which I typically don't do. Um, just cause when you have the right water levels, it's just fun to make them chase down a streamer, but I definitely bottom bounced a little more junk around than I, than I typically do this year. That is for sure. I would agree with you there. Nice, dark crawdad looking color, nice, dark coppers and, and a good amount of shimmer in there. I'll tell you what, with our local, olive is king for, mm. for smallmouth. Fantastic. It's just a little something we've picked up. Other places, not so much, but for our local, it's olive. And isn't that great? Like, I guess that's one of my favorite parts about picking apart water that you can get to on the regular all the time is you get to figure out that special little something, you know? that the that happens to be their trigger like when you kind of figure out that little chestnut like at any point in the game and on on any fish really it's just such a wonderful feeling that you kind of feel like you maybe figured out something that they're up to 
but like it doesn't work everywhere else. Like I live for that moment where, you know, a couple seasons through this one pattern seems to be the thing that they really like. And it's just this one, one body of water. So that's really cool. Like I, I love hearing stuff like that. The local got to have all of like, yeah, I'm all about that. You come to Western Pennsylvania, bring your olive box. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, next time I roll through there, I definitely will. We, uh, I, we go play out there. Uh, I'd say there's a, a fair amount in the last couple of years. Hit the old, what is it, Harrisburg area over there, and some some gigs outside of Scranton. Um, we've gone over to play Delfest there in Cumberland, Maryland, which is right on the other side of you guys there, kind of. Yeah, I've been through Cumberland before. Um, we're right on the Ohio border. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, what sixty miles north of. Pittsburgh, 60 miles south of Erie. There you go. Yeah, man. It's a good spot to be. There's a lot of water over there. A lot. You play much in Ohio at all? Uh, Where were we? We were just down in Ohio, and then we were in Kentucky the other day. Um, We go through Ohio every now and then. Thornville, I believe it is. That's gonna be in southern Ohio, right? You, you, it's down, yeah, that's probably by Cincinnati. You're bluegrass-wise, we're gonna be yeah, we're exactly. We're gonna be a little ways <laughs> from mountain areas to where they're playing a lot of that at. Yeah, and we went down there for one show, um, <clears throat> in the really beautiful hilly section of Ohio, over there. <laughs> that was absolutely southeastern fantastic. Ohio. Yep, that southern part does. It's beautiful. And you guys got some fine-looking bucks in your cornfield come rut time. I'll tell you what. <laughs> we saw two on the way to the river this morning. <laughs> That's a yeah. I I'm I I love hunting whitetail just as much as I love chasing muskie around, which is probably why I'll never become a great steelhead fisherman because you know there's already so much to do <laughs> are when you, it starts getting cold. Are you an archery nut or? I'm I'm a pretty mild archery nut, but I definitely uh, come you know Halloween here in Wisconsin. As much as I can hang out of a tree, I'm hanging out of a tree when possible. And when it's that time of year, what do you do to decide whether you're going to go sit in a tree or sit in a drawn boat? Uh, high pressure, I'll sit in the tree. Low pressure, I'm going to try to go fishing. <laughs> Hey, there it is. At least you know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I have this delusion of being able to catch a muskie and shoot a, a mature buck in the same day. Like, that's like somewhere in my mind is some kind of crazy lofty Wisconsin goal to pull off. And I guess if I could shoot a grouse in the same day, that would be like some kind of crazy trifecta um, to somehow manage to pull that all off in one day. Have you been able to catch a muskie, then sit in a tree stand? Yes, I have been able to do that. Can you uh, can you sully your goal by catching a muskie, then shooting a doe? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I think I could pull that off. Or um, during uh, rifle season here, you can you know still have firearms in the boat as long as you don't have an outboard. <laughs> so you can definitely do a little cast and blast as we like to call it on certain rivers where you're decked out to the hilt and you know blaze orange with your flies a ripping and whoever's rowing's also on uh on deer duty <laughs> that's awesome oh yeah no i've uh 
done that a couple times with a couple good buddies. It's it's definitely a hoot getting pictures of guys holding muskies and blaze orange. It's definitely awesome. Do you find yourself, you know, cussing the deer out in your head as often? You know, you, you have to be a little more quiet. You're not allowed to yell at them. <laughs> yeah, so. you don't get to yell at the deer, that's for sure. But they they always seem to hang out right up until season. You can flow right by them. <laughs> and then comes the cast and blast, and they all seem to go somewhere else for lunch. Do you name particular does all, like you name particular musky? Uh, I wish. I don't see them just, I don't, I can't pick out some of the does often enough to be able to name them. Otherwise I probably would. <laughs> I definitely have a cool buck that I'm looking for this year that last year had the, had the full nice, uh, normal, regular, typical, beautiful looking set of antlers on one side and one ginormous spike on the other side. And I named him Gizmo and I'm hoping he fared the winter. All right. I haven't seen him anywhere on any cameras and none of the neighbors have seen him but i'm hoping gizmo comes back through this year with a more interesting piece of headgear i love when deer get junk on their horns <laughs> yeah I, I let him walk last year he came in an hour into my first sit and gave me a nice 10 10 yard broadside shot and i let him walk thinking well if i want a goofy looking buck on the wall you gotta wander around a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, hey, I think that was good. Uh, can you hit up some plugs for yourself? Uh, as in, uh, like, as in, like, check out horseshoes and hand grenades, and uh, go to guy. bending banjos on Instagram and check out whatever I'm up to. Yeah, and uh, you, <laughs> bending banjos is that the website also? Yeah, bending banjos is the website. It's the Instagram. There's a Facebook page. Um, you know, I always look up my own personal page to find a little bit more of the music activity, which is through mine, my like regular stuff, Russell Peterson or bending banjos of the Instagram is both all encompassing music and fishing operations. And then horseshoes and hand grenades is the band that I play with. We're a alt old time progressive string band of doom, lots of original music about fishing and outdoor life in wisconsin and <clears throat> live shows are rowdy you know bring your party pants don't expect to sit around in your chair you know show up and get ready to clank some beers together and have a good time um it's not I a kenny rogers show right this last year called steal from the rushes give it a listen it's all the places that you like to find music um feel free to hit me up i'll mail you a copy personally you know Heck yeah, man. Awesome. That was great. It sounds like you've done that once or twice. Every now and then. Every <laughs> now and then. Cool, man. Well, hey, thank you for your time, Russell. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. Hey, man, I just you. I just stopped. You just, oh, shit. You just hung up on him. <laughs> you didn't do 